this morning been changed? Are you thankful for that change in your life? Hallelujah. We give you praise and we give you honor today, Lord. Amen. I am thankful that I'm not what I used to be. I may not be what I ought to be, but I'm not what I used to be. Aren't you thankful for that? You know what? You ought to just pause and thank the Lord if for no other reason because I'm not what I used to be. Because if I was anything close to what I could have been, you wouldn't like me. But we're all changed today. Thankful for the grace of God. Why don't you turn to somebody near you and smile with the great smile of the Holy Ghost and say, hey, I'm glad you're in the house of the Lord today. Amen, 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 amen. What a, what a privilege to be in the house of the Lord today. It's Thanksgiving week and I, I know that we should not be that way but the world seems to forget about this until this season of the year but really the truth is it should be a part of our life. I want to take you to the book of Psalms 100. I really don't know that you can pick uh, a place to really begin uh, because there's so much. So you just have to start somewhere. And this is a great place to start. Psalms 100. I'm going to read beginning with verse number one. And it wouldn't hurt if you read along with me. If they're going to get it up on the screen, Psalms 100. We're going to read the entirety of this chapter. It's not a long one, but let's read it. Could you do it responsibly? Amen. Do you know how to do that again anymore? Let's, we don't do that very often. Let's read it together. It said, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Amen. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. I love how the psalmist said it. He said, Know you not that the Lord, He is God, and it is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people. And we are the sheep of his pasture. And because of who we are, we can enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Hallelujah. Amen. 
I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about not a day, but a way. Amen. Say it with me. Not a day, but a way. God bless you. You may be seated. You know, we hear a lot in the day in which we live about revelation. And I do believe that God gives revelation. But the longer I live and the more I come to know Him, the more I realize how important it is in my life that I not only have revelation that is critical in my life, but more critical in my life is that I have realization. Revelation is great. It's good for God to show you things that you may not have known. But it seems to me that often it is more important for God to show me what I already have and that there come a realization into my life of what is already in my possession. Much of the unhappiness in the world in which we live is based upon the fact that they do not recognize what is theirs. They do not realize what is already available to them. And so it's not a greater revelation that I have come to preach to you about this morning. I am not going to speak anything that you've not already heard, but I pray that God will give you a fresh realization because it is that realization that can open the door of God's blessings. The prodigal son is one that we know well, his story but the saddest part of the story is the prodigal's brother who the Bible said was not like his, his prodigal brother but he stayed home and was faithful to his father and he labored and, and did all the things that a son was expected of uh, a son to do and he did it without complaint. He did it uh, faithfully, religiously. He did all of those things and yet when the prodigal son returned and the father threw this great feast for his brother, the prodigal brother was not too happy. And the saddest to me, one of the saddest portions of scripture that you will read will be found in the latter portion of that story when the son is arguing with his dad about how he could do this. How can you throw this feast for this this profligate, this waster of your money and his inheritance and uh, all of the things that he had participated in and he had brought an ill reproach to the name of the family and yet here I am, I've been here, I've been faithful, I've taken care of all the things that you wanted me to do, I've never been a wayward child, I've never been rebellious and yet in all of my years of service to you, he said, you've never thrown for me a banquet like this. You've never killed the fatted calf for me. And the father looks at his son. I, I, I almost feel like it's in disbelief. And he said, oh, but, 
son, do you not realize that all that I have is yours? Anytime you would have wanted one, you could have thrown a party. Anytime you had chosen, you could have had a celebration. But you live all of your life with all of this glory around you, but you never realize what is yours. And sometimes it's not a new revelation that people need, but it is an awakening realization of what God has already done in my life, what he has already taken care of, and the fact that I'm even here is a testimony to the goodness of God. If you don't have anything else to thank him for, you ought to stop right now and thank him that you're here right now. Yeah, you ought to take a moment and just thank him that I am here and wake me up, God, to what is already mine, what you've already... I am your child. I am the sheep of your pasture. Why do I need a revelation? I need a realization to come into my spirit and my heart. And I pray that this Thanksgiving season will be a time of realization, not just revelation, that God will open your eyes and that you will see the glory of God that is around you all of the time. Amen. I love the season of the year that we're entering into, but I'm afraid that Thanksgiving uh, has lost a lot of its glimmer because it's kind of a speed bump now between Halloween and Christmas. Uh, And yet the reality is when you look at Scripture, it should be a major part of our life all the time. You know, I decided to do something different this Thanksgiving. I decided to shoot my own turkey. And I'm going to tell you what, it was so much fun. It was exhilarating. But it was kind of a shock to all the rest of the people in the Kroger frozen food section when the shotgun blast went off. (laughs) Oh, some of you folks need to smile a little bit. You look dead serious this morning. Amen. A man and his wife were on a strict diet, and this is not the time to be on one of those. But they sat down at a table for a meatless meal of steamed vegetables and all kind of green things. Did I mention green things? The husband looked at the meal that was laid out before him, and he he looked at his wife, and he said, Honey, I need you to offer thanks today. Because if I thank the Lord for this, he'll know I'm lying. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Clap your hands to the Lord and thank him for turkey. (laughs) Amen. Amen. It's a distinctive holiday season for us, but it's more than just a holiday. It should be a way of life, not just a day, but a way of life. And scripture is replete with its command over 135 times. Scripture references the word thanks or thanksgiving or thank or thankful. Uh, There is that common 
thread that is woven throughout the scripture from Leviticus where it is first mentioned to Revelation. There is a continual thread that is woven through the fabric of God's word that involves our life, a thankfulness, a thanksgiving that should flow out of our lives on a daily basis. The psalmist said it over and over and over again. Oh, give thanks for the Lord is good for his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Is anybody thankful this morning for the mercies of God? You know what mercy is, don't you? Grace is you getting what you don't deserve, but mercy is you not getting what you do deserve. And he said, oh, that we would thank the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Paul found it to be a common thought in his own life. Over and over he said, I give thanks I give thanks. I am bound to give thanks. It's no wonder that now even science and research are beginning to understand the powerful effects that thankfulness has upon the human life. They are discovering every day how gratitude plays such an important part in the success of our life and they have come to this conclusion that it is so powerful that it can impact your life in a life-changing way on a daily basis, just being thankful. One psychologist said that gratitude is the forgotten factor in the science of well-being. It is the forgotten factor. And in his research and study, he came to uh, the conclusion that gratitude was one of the most important elements in the life of a healthy person and a successful person. He wrote a book called Gratitude Works, a 21-day guide for creating emotional prosperity and it's all based on one theme and that is being thankful. And he went through all kinds of protocols to assess the level of people's thankfulness and all of the research that was done, they cultivated and they grew out of that a list, a test, a litmus test of things that people could begin doing in their own life that would produce positive effects. And they discovered that not only does it have physical benefits to your life, but it has psychological benefits to your life. It creates more energy. Anybody need a little more energy this morning? Then open your mouth and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because they have discovered that just talking about it and expressing your gratitude will literally boost your energy level in life. 
Amen. It produces better sleep. Anybody needs better sleep? What your sleep machine won't do, Thanksgiving will do. Generates a greater happiness. It is more life satisfying. It brings more optimism. It helps to engender better relationships. Does anybody, by the way, enjoy being around grumpy gut? But don't you enjoy being around people that just seem like it flows out of them? They're so grateful. They're so thankful. Don't you want to hang around people like that? Don't you want people to hang around you? Maybe that's some of your philosophy is the way you can get rid of people. But I'm not interested in getting rid of people in my life. I want people around me. And I found that the more thankful and the more grateful I am, the easier it is for me to find company and find encouragement. They have discovered that hope is generated in an atmosphere of thanksgiving. And they have found that you will have less anxiety and less depression if you can learn to be thankful. Now, these are geniuses, folks. These are scientists that are just now getting around to discovering what the Bible has said all along. Be thankful and bless his name. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. They said there are five things that will actually do good to your life. Number one, count your blessings. Now these aren't religious people, folks. These are just science geniuses that have figured out the the molecular makeup of your body and what makes it function and work better. And they have discovered that being thankful and counting your blessings actually boosts the level of your health. Emmons, who is one of the preeminent men in this area, showed that grateful people have less depression and less stress and lower blood pressure and more energy and greater optimism. That when you slow down to give thanks, you actually slow down the aging process. Some of you over 50 crowd ought to get up and shout right now. Yeah. Just being thankful on a regular basis, doing it on a daily, not letting it be a once a year event in your life, but living in an atmosphere of thanksgiving can affect the aging process in your life. It slows down the aging clock. And some of us need it to slow down really quick. He said that a daily practice of gratitude slowed down some of the effects of neurogeneration. You'll have to look that one up. That often occurs as we age. It slows it down. Amen. Praise God. Number three, he said it puts the brakes on stress because cortisol, 
that is often called the stress hormone is affected by your attitude of thanksgiving. Amen. A study conducted by the Institute of Heart Math Research Center in California found that positive emotions like appreciation significantly lowered levels of cortisol which is directly connected to stress and high blood pressure. Some of you wouldn't need a doctor if you just start being thankful. I I didn't mean to say that. Just like that. (laughs) But some of us need to realize that we have within our possession, God gave it to us from the beginning. We don't have to go to a doctor to find out. Go to the Word. And the Word said it from the beginning to the end. Open your mouth. Look around you. Realize what I've already done for you. Recognize what's already yours. And just say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I want you to throw up Psalm 69 and 30. This verse jumped out at me when I was preparing and I I don't know, I don't want to make a doctrine out of it, but there's something powerful in that particular verse. Psalm 69 and verse number 30. You got it up there yet? You hurrying? You got it right there. It said, then I will praise God's name with singing and I will honor him with thanksgiving. Giving, The word in the King James Version says, I will magnify him with thanksgiving. When I read that verse, it was as if the Lord spoke to me and said, it's one thing when you praise me. You praise my name. You praise my ability. You praise my power. You praise my authority. You sing about my glory and my ability. But he said, I want to tell you what happens when you stop and give thanks. When you stop and thank me, then you magnify me in your presence. If you want to make more room for God in your life, then open your mouth and start giving him thanks for what he's already done what he is doing in your life and watch God expand himself in your life. Amen. They said that being thankful helps you bond. Oh, that's a, that's a revelation. It makes people want to be around you. Duh. I didn't know you had to be a rocket scientist to figure that one out. But evidently these scientists had to do research to discover that thankful people are people you want to hang out with. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of other things. I don't have time. Gratefulness is good for the heart and it's good for the waistline. Woo! Hallelujah. According to research, Emmon cites in his research that people with high blood pressure who actively express thanksgiving 
can achieve up to 10% reduction in systolic blood pressure and decrease their dietary fat intake by up to 20%. Some of us need to go on a Thanksgiving diet. Hallelujah. I'm going to waste away to nothing. Now, I'm, I'm being a little facetious right now, but this is what scientists have discovered that's been in the book all the time. And it took somebody like that to wake us up to a realization, not a revelation. That's not a revelation. That's a realization of what God said years and hundreds of years before when he said, enter into your, his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and be as thankful and bless his name. God was giving us a healthy way to live. Amen. Wow, I better hurry on. This is amazing. One of the great discoveries that they found is that there is a thief or there are thieves to thankfulness. The thieves of thankfulness are these three things. Envy, self-centeredness or materialism, and cynicism. That when those three things are present in a person's life, they are always deficient of thanksgiving. Because when those things are present in their life, it makes life about them and not about him. And see, the revelation that you need to get, not just a realization, is that when you start making life about him, when you start making life about him, when it becomes the focus of your life, he is my joy, he is my peace, he is my strength. It's amazing what happens in the rest of your life. He said that it is impossible, listen to this, it is impossible to be grateful and envious at the same time. It is impossible to be grateful and envious. What is envy? You know what envy is? Envy in its root form is not being appreciative for what you have. And focusing on what somebody else has that you don't have. Revelation. Yeah, revelation. It is not being appreciative. It's hard to be grateful for what you have because you are too focused on what you don't have. I want to give you a secret. The Lord talked to me about this, and I don't have anything deep to share with you today, but the Lord took me to the story, the parable 
or, or this, not the parable, but the story of the feeding of the 5,000, the loaves and the fishes. And you, you all know the story well, that after he had taught for the day, it was evening and it was time for them to leave, but they had been there without food and, and he didn't want to send them away. So he asked his disciples, is there any, what, what do you have here to feed them? And they said, oh, the only thing we found is a few loaves of fish or a few loaves of bread and a few fish. And, and so he said, well, bring that to me. Interesting to me is that he takes what is literally impossible to supply the need that is present. You can't stretch seven loaves or five loaves or whatever, however many. You can't stretch three fish or five, however. You, you can't stretch that many into enough for a multitude. But he knew how to do it. And he didn't didn't do it because he needed to do it. He did it because he wanted to teach us how to do it. He didn't have to do what he was about to do. He could have just taken his powerful hands, his omniscience, and he could have just broken that bread and handed it out to them and said, all right, go feed the multitude. But he wanted to teach them a lesson. That when you don't have enough in your life to meet the need that's in your life, I'm going to give you the answer. And the answer is before you do anything else with what you have, you just stop and give thanks for what's in your possession. And when you stop to give thanks for what's in your possession, God somehow multiplies it. He makes it work. He makes it go the distance and supply the need. And I'm going to tell you how to stretch your blessings this morning. Stop griping and complaining about what you don't have. And look around at what you have. And lift it up before the Lord and say, God, I just want to stop today to thank you that I have this. I want, and when you start learning how to thank him for what you have, I want a better husband. Hey, i tell you how to get a better husband. Lift up the one you have right now and start thanking God for what you have right now. I want a better wife. Then lift up the one you have and start thanking God for what you have right now. I want a better family. I want better children. Lift up what you have right now and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I wish somebody could get hold of that right now. I don't know what you're missing in your life. I don't know what deficiency there is, but I know how to feel that deficiency. And it's with the spirit of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be dealing with kids this morning that are rascals and rebellious and wayward. And you can moan and complain about it. And you can tell God about what all's wrong in their life. But I wonder what would happen for some this morning if they would just pause a moment and say, God... I want to just thank you that I have a son 
He may not be where I want him to be, but I have a son. I want to thank you that I have a daughter. She may not be what I want her to be, but I'm thankful that I have a daughter. I may not be where I need to be, but I'm thankful that I'm not where I used to be, God. And if I can learn to be thankful for what I have and what I have in my possession right now, watch God multiply it in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Thankfulness is so powerful that it will alter your life. Amen. Amen. What does it imply when I am thankful? It implies that I realize, I realize I am blessed. Now I know some of you don't feel that way this morning. But I could take you to places in the world where it wouldn't take long for you to realize how blessed you are. Well, I don't have enough. I don't have, I don't. Get your mind off. That's the problem. You see, that's why we can't, that's why we have such a hard time being thankful. Is because we're constantly looking around at what we don't have. And, and, and it's not perfect. We don't, you know, it's, we, we don't have this or we don't have that. And, and God's waiting on somebody just to wake up and realize what I do have. Amen. Hey, you, you have a roof over your head. You ought to be thankful. You've got more than probably 90% of the world had last night. You've got clothes on your back. You've got more than a great percentage of people in the world have. You didn't have to wear the same thing today you wore yesterday. And a great percentage of the world's wearing the same thing today they had to wear yesterday because they don't have any more than that. But you and I have such an abundance. Some of you need to walk into your house and go into your closet when you get home today and just look at what you have and say, thank you, God. It may not be a wardrobe from Fifth Avenue, but I'm thankful that it's something that I can wear and I can give honor to you in. This is what I've learned about God. If you don't learn to be thankful for those things, he's never going to trust you with anything big in your life. So walk into that little house you live in. You say, it's just too cramped. We don't have enough room. I dare you to walk in every room today and say, thank you, God, for this room. Thank you, God, for this room. Thank you, God, for this room. Thank you, God, for this provision. Walk in there and open up your refrigerator and look at all the stuff. Go open your pantry today and look at all the stuff that you've got. you got enough food in there to, 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 to feed an army for about a week already and you're worried about, I don't have this and I don't have that. Go back in there and look. You might find a revelation. You'll find stuff in there to cook with you didn't even realize you had if you just wake up to what you already have. It's there. It's in your possession. I'm not trying to be foolish this morning. I'm trying to wake somebody up in this building and make you realize as bad as life may seem sometimes. If you will just look around, there are so many things, blessings. You know what my wife did? She pulled up yesterday a picture of where we were one year ago to yesterday. You know where we were one year ago yesterday? 
the old building came out to about right here. It was gutted. The walls were cut halfway up. There was no carpeting on the floor. There were only plastic, black plastic uh, partition that had been taped around the wall to hide the ugliness. And a bunch of tables spread out for a Thanksgiving feast. One, two years ago, yesterday. Look at where we are today. I don't say that to brag. I'm just saying that at some point in life, you have to stop long enough to realize where God really has brought you from. He's taken us through so much stuff that should have wrecked our lives, mistakes that should have been the end of our life, things that should have been our number. God could have said, enough, I'm through with you. But God gave mercy and he brought us through that. And here we are today and we're well and we're able. We've got arms that we can lift. We've got a voice that we can raise. And if we do not give him thanks, shame, shame on you. Some people have made a profession out of griping. But the psalmist said, I will praise the name of the Lord with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. When you start thanking the Lord, it just makes him bigger and bigger and bigger in your life. You make more room for God to work. You make more room for God to be God just by being thankful. Hey, that sounds pretty awesome to me that it, by just making room for God in my life. Amen, I'm closing. Let's stand together. When I am thankful, it implies that not only am I blessed, but I realize, listen to me, I realize that I am not responsible for my blessing. Okay, come on, some of you need to pay attention. You're already starting to check out. You're looking around where you're going to go next. I know where you're going next, but stay right here until I get through. When we are thankful, it implies that I realize I am blessed, but I am not responsible for that blessing. I am here today by the mercy and the grace of God. I am here today because God has been good to me. When I say thanks, not only do I realize that I'm not responsible for my blessing, but I have identified the source of that blessing. And it is the Lord. The best thing that ever happened in my life was God. The best thing that ever happened in your life was finding yourself wrapped up in his arms the best thing that's ever happened to any of us is identifying ourselves with him and when I look around and realize I am not responsible for being where I am today but I know who is I cannot help but stop and clap my hands to him I cannot stop but lift my voice to him 
and say thank you. And I'm going to close with this. What is implied when I am thankful is that not only do I know I'm blessed and I know that I'm not the source of that blessing, but I do know who is the source of my blessing. I am also acting on that awareness. I have come to a realization. God's been too good to me for me to be silent. God's been too good to me for me to be quiet. God's been too good to me for me not to open my mouth. It's not enough just to think that you're blessed. It's not enough just to feel that you're blessed. You've got to open your mouth and express that. Come on, somebody. Lift up your voice and let him know today. Oh, I